Blog Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is Tuesday, July 16th, 2013, podcast number 16 on the docket going down tonight. So, a lot of stuff to get into. One of my favorite shows ever to do, and that is The Conspiracy Show. Because in the land of make-believe, which is what I would consider mainstream media, being a conspiracy theorist is something that you should wear with a badge of honor because most people would like to believe that they have all of this knowledge. And if you look back to the last podcast, we talked about the difference between information and knowledge. Remember, information are the data points that you can have. Knowledge is connecting all the data points. So that being said, thank you for joining me tonight. We had a uh, had a ton of fun on the last podcast. I had a nice weekend this weekend um, down in um, in the boonies, pretty much, and uh, a lot went down. And it was funny. I posted on um, on the We Are Not Cattle message board on Facebook, trying to get some show ideas for tonight, and um, and I made a point to not really cover the Trayvon Martin thing. And the reason that I don't want to cover it is because it's a distraction. It's a it's a sad situation. You know, both people were pretty much in the wrong. I don't know. I don't have I didn't watch all the testimony and stuff like that because I don't get sucked in stuff like that. I would rather worry about, you know, the Fed basically monetizing debt but telling us they're not monetizing debt. So and you know and taking eighty five billion dollars a month of our tax money and then putting it into, you know, imaginary coffers, basically buying up bad debts all across the United States in order to keep this boat afloat. So hey, I think that that's a real newsworthy issue. But CNN, Fox, MSNBC, they don't think that that's a real newsworthy issue. Because once again, they're not there to inform you we have basically become the news is now infotainment it is literally what um extra or whatever that you know inside edition or whatever that um what is entertainment tonight used to be when i was growing up it's just propagandized entertainment and then the government now says that they're going to literally propagandize us and that came out the other day with the CIA saying that yeah we're gonna we're gonna lift the ban, and we're gonna be able to have direct targeted propaganda towards the population of the United States. Right now we're one of the only two countries in the world that allows uh, direct pharmaceutical propaganda. Gee, I wonder why we have a pharmaceutical drug problem in this country. We're one of the only two countries, us and New Zealand, that are allowed to direct market to their actual um, citizenry. 
So we got a lot of things to worry about, and Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman are not my worries. Yes, I know that the government was down there funding, you know, the riots and stuff at the very beginning or the rallies. You know, big shocker. I mean, if you guys are not to a point now where this stuff is just almost laughable and that people get galvanized by these things, you need to do a lot of soul searching. Because as soon as I see fanfare, as soon as you see the mainstream media basically – I don't know what the best – as soon as they all just focus in on this one topic and that becomes the talking point around all the mainstream media, just pull back and say something else is going on here. What are they distracting us from? What's going on? What is the big distraction? Well, there's a couple of big distractions, and it's civil rights violations. You know, the Bradley Manning trial, they're distracting us from that. Adam Kokesh being arrested, they're distracting us from that. They're distracting us from um, Snowden. They're distracting us from um, Michael Hastings. I mean, those are the issues, guys. Those are the real issues. And it's And it's not the fact that I'm up here saying that wow I just had something crash on my computer hoping it's still on okay I am but um I'm not up here saying that the that, that it wasn't a it wasn't a tragedy. It was a tragedy. A, a young man lost his life. He could have been a potentially great human being. But the way that he was conducting himself it doesn't matter. You know, all these people saying that well he was a thug. Listen, there's a lot of people that went through hard times and became great human beings. You know, you can't discount somebody that's 17 just because he's not in a good state of mind at that point. I mean, I wasn't in a good state of mind when I was 17. So all that being said, my whole takeaway on the Trayvon Martin thing is it's just a big distraction. It's a tragic story. It's a, it's a very sad story. But if you let the mainstream media get you riled up over stuff like this, then it's over, folks. I mean, this country is over. If you can get a bunch of people riled up over a racial divide and conquer, I mean the oldest trick in the book, run by state-run media. I mean let's just face it. Let's face it. Let's face the facts. Fox, CNN, all the state-run media distracting you from the real issues, distracting you from what's really going on in this country, distracting you, distractions they do. And then they, they don't only make it distractions, they make it about petty stuff. It's never the big issue. It's well, is it is is Snowden a traitor? Is he a hero? Let's discuss. Not hey, the government's reading everything that you're doing. They're reading your emails and tracking your phone calls. And now there's an article out that says, oh, and I'll get into this later because once again, this is conspiracy theory. Because I said this over a year ago on my show, and T.J. Smith was on my show with me, and we were talking about this stuff, and it says. Do you know where you – and the headline reads, do you know where you'll be 285 days from now at 2 p.m.? These data masters do, and it's basically talking about exactly what I told you this crap was four years ago. It is predicting where you're going to be. It is predicting what you're going to do. And just think, if they can stir up a population over one crime – and let's face it, it was a crime – but – if they can get you all stirred up over this, they're going to – I mean they could literally manufacture an event. This is the big scare for me. 
They can manufacture, a.k.a. foment an event or control an event and then preach it to you in a certain in a certain scope or through a certain prism that it's going to touch certain parts of certain people. And they're going to know who's going to be in these groups. And then they're basically going to control you like a big gang and say, well, you know, if we do this, then, then the Aryan nation is going to get upset. And if we do this, the black community is going to get upset. And if we do this, the, the Democrats will get upset. And if we do this, the liberals will get upset. That's what it's all there for, people. That's why it's a big deal. Oh, it's not such a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Humans, we are, we are incredible creatures, but you know what? We have predictable outcomes for a lot of the things that we do. It's like I said before on this podcast, you probably drive the same way home every day, not knowing that there's different routes to go, and they're probably the same distance, but you choose one route and you stick with it because that's the route you take. It becomes easy, and that's what we're doing. You can't make it easy for these people. If you want true liberty and true freedom, true liberty and true freedom is not sacrificing the bits and pieces that make up you to some database. That's not what it is at all. That's bits and pieces of you. That's your personality. That's you. So take offense to that. Be offended. Be offended that your government's doing crazy stuff. Be offended that your government says that it's okay to kill kids with drone strikes. Be offended by that stuff. That's ridiculous. All right, I'm going to play a clip here, and then we're going to get into the conspiracy stuff. And then I'm going to cover news on the backside. And when I say conspiracy, once again, I'm just saying that there's a different way to do it. There's a different way of thinking. And that makes you a – in this day and age, if you don't line up with the state and you don't line up with state-run media, you're a conspiracy theorist. So if some – the next person that calls you a conspiracy theorist – excuse me, conspiracy theorist, say thank you because heaven forbid I think on my own. Heaven forbid I be a free-thinking individual, and that is what they don't want. They don't want a whole nation of free-thinking individuals. They want a nation of people that they can manipulate and control. And guess what? They've almost got you. They don't got me. They don't got a lot of parts. And people are waking up to this. I mean this is the highest tech propaganda grid that the world has ever seen. I mean just um, um, imagine the impact that this has. Remember, five corporations control the majority of mainstream media outlets. And I've got – like I said, I've got friends that work for mainstream media. I mean, they were friends of mine in high school. I see them on Facebook and stuff. They work for mainstream media. And so eventually it's going to crumble, just like the lies always do crumble. So to start off with the conspiracy theory, I'm going to um, play a clip from a gentleman that I – that I have seen almost every one of his videos that's ever been made and, and every one of his interviews that he's ever done because he's just a, he was a phenomenal person. And you look at what he was. He was a former naval intelligence. His name's William Cooper, Bill Cooper. You can go to We Are Not Cattle TV. I've got an entire playlist dedicated to him. Go there and learn something. But this is where Bill Cooper accurately predicts 9-11. 
and then we're going to take phone calls. We're going to get the whole roundtable together. I've already got one caller on the line here. I'm probably going to get a couple more. But, hey, let's have a discussion. Let's talk about conspiracy theories. Let's talk about being outside the box and thinking outside the box and asking the question, the overarching question, why? Why do you believe that? And that's all we have to do. And then, like magic, the spell is broken. And you're off and running. And now you're learning. You're gathering data. And eventually the data will turn into knowledge. So here is Bill Cooper when he predicts 9-11 from his radio show. The um, I can't remember the name of it. I'll, 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 I'll say it on the back side. So thank you everybody for listening to the podcast tonight. If you're listening live, great. Um, every Tuesday and Thursday night... 9 p.m. I will be here. Check your um, or check the listing on wearenotcattle.net, and I'll give you a hyperlink right to the show. Hey, and be a part of the show. 602-753-1916. Remember, this is the people's show. It is not Jake is not cattle. It is not Robert is not cattle. It is not Daryl is not cattle. It's not Trip U is not cattle. It's we are not cattle. It's us. It's the people's show. It's the Liberty People Show. So thanks for listening, everybody. Call a friend. Get them to listen, too. Let's all do this together. The largest intelligence apparatus in the world with the biggest budget in the history of the world has been looking for Osama bin Laden for years and years and years and can't find him. Some doofus jerk-off reporter with a camera crew waltzes right into his hideout and interviews him. So why, why do all these fools believe this charade? That a CNN reporter and his little camera crew can do what all the money and all the assets and all the eavesdropping and all the intelligence and all the satellites and all the undercover operatives in the world can never do. It's because they're not trying. They don't want to. Osama bin Laden is their creation, and he is serving them well. I mean, is this some kind of incredible joke that people are so stupid they'll fall for this? And now we're being bombarded with messages that Osama bin Laden is planning to attack the United States of America and Israel. Let me tell you something. If he's an enemy of Israel and the Mossad can't find him, then this thing is the biggest joke that you ever heard of in your life. And I'm telling you, be prepared for a major attack. But it won't be Osama bin Laden. It will be those behind the New World Order who once again want to take the guns and the freedom away from the American people because we're the only ones left in the world who can oppose the destruction of freedom in the world, and then the implementation of a one-world totalitarian socialist government, and that is the goal. And whatever is going to happen that they're going to blame on Osama bin Laden, don't you even believe it. Another social illusion, social engineering project to change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. I wonder what Osama bin Laden's targets are supposed to be. And if they don't 
you know, if this doesn't materialize in the next two or three weeks, it will eventually materialize because they haven't succeeded in getting the guns out of the hands of the American people, nor have they succeeded in taking our freedoms away. In fact, there's been a great awakening in this country and a, and a big backlash against these Marxist, communist, puke-faced, lying, subversive, Nazi, jackbooted, Gestapo thugs that is gaining momentum. And so I can tell you with a certainty, they must do something terrible in order to stop this backlash and regain the sympathy of the mass herds of sheeple out there. <laughs> and supposedly, we're not the only nation searching for Osama bin Laden. So the vast economic resources, the vast technological resources, the vast personnel resources, the vast networks and intricate web spun over all these years by the CIA, the FBI, and the NSA can't find Osama bin Laden, but CNN can? What a crying shame. How in the world could this country of all nations breed such a dumbed-down, unthinking, illiterate, uneducated, stupid, ignorant, population <laughs> well I'm not nearly as harsh as Bill Cooper is but but that's what it boils down to I mean if you're a conspiracy theorist by the way that actual broadcast took place two months before 9-11 and so you can get into whatever you want to get into I mean you can just say that if you believe the official narrative of 9-11, which has a bunch of holes in it, now, do I know what happened on 9-11? Absolutely not. Nobody will ever know. It's one of those things that it'll just be the black hole. But what I do know is that when people predict things like that, after he's been talking like that for weeks on end, and this guy was high up in naval intelligence, he... He was the one that basically blew the whistle on um, – or he tried to blow the whistle on a spaceship that actually came out when he was in – and when he was on an aircraft carrier. Comes out of the ground – or excuse me, comes out of the water, hovers over the spaceship, and he's actually on duty, and you can listen to his full interview. And then he goes to try to report it to the, uh, to the captain of the ship, and he's like, okay, write down everything you saw. So he writes it all down, and he's like, okay, great. You didn't see anything. And he takes the piece of paper and burns it right in front of him. It's like he didn't see anything. So the very word conspiracy is um, is now going to be the badge of honor, I think, for the for the off mainstream media people, for the people that want to find out on their own and not just have people tell them that everything's okay, everything's fine. Everything's okay. The job market's fine. The economy's recovering. You listen to any economist that's not a Keynesian brainwashed, you know, know-it-all. That's just oh, it's just too complicated for you to understand it. You listen to anybody else from any other economic school of thought, and they look at this situation we're in, and they go, "Oh man, there is not a lot we can do here." But that's a side note. There is a lot that we can do. 
We can educate people. We can get people to think for themselves. You can get people to break away, break the chains of the you know, of of the mind control that they're under because it is I mean, it's mind control. It is absolute hundred percent mind control. Because I made a statement about this on Facebook today. It's really interesting. It's you know, truth isn't something that you can ignore. Facts are not something that you can ignore. You can't tell me I choose not to believe facts. Well, if you tell me that, then that that means that you want to play along with the lie. And I don't want to play along with a lie. So here is a clip from one of our presidents just talking about the secret societies and secret oaths, and then I want to get into a clip on mind control, and then I'm just going to really start rolling with a bunch of other different conspiracies that are out there. Most of which, remember, conspiracy doesn't mean that it's untrue. I think that our dialect has been manipulated by the mainstream media into into believing that conspiracy means that it's untrue or that it's far-fetched or it's not supported. Things that I'm going to talk about tonight are very well documented, but they're 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 holes in the establishment's armor. And the establishment being the big banks, the big corporations, the people that are really controlling the action. I mean, if you look at a take a, take a casino for example, casino is probably a good a good analogy for how we live our lives today. And you have the people that are on the ground floor, you know, you have the people that are the um, the pit bosses, you have the people that run the tables, and you have the people that are the pit bosses. Well, I would look at the the pit boss or the the floor guy, the guy that manages everything. I would look at that as the the politician or the mainstream media. You can look at it kind of either way through a lens. That's the person that's keeping you from the next echelon. Well, the next echelon is going to be the hotel owner and then the casino owner. And at the very top, you're going to have the guy that's over all of the different casinos. And that's who we're talking about, the guy at the super top of the pyramid and what their interests are. There's a reason they call them, quote-unquote, special interests, because these guys think they're special. But they're not. They're humans, just like you and I, and that's why it's not such a daunting task to me just looking at these people. I'm not scared. They're humans. They get scared, too. They're just like you and I. They get scared and probably... I don't know, I could ballpark it. I would say 75% of them are probably you know, psychopaths. They just don't have empathy. That's all a psychopath is, is a person that doesn't have empathy, amongst a couple of other things. But if you don't have empathy, gosh, how, like I said, how easy would life be? You could just go next door and you know, beat up your neighbor, take all this stuff, sell it on eBay, and everything's great. Boom. I just made a ton of money today. That was awesome. Wouldn't have to worry about anybody's feelings. So here's um here's JFK talking about um conspiracy. So enjoy. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are as a people inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society 
by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. And that's kind of what you're seeing here today. If you want to go down the conspiracy hole, which we're going to go down it today. Because, once again, it, it creates the conversation. Do I believe all of it? I don't know. Once again, we'll never know. I don't. I subscribe to a, um, a few things, and some things I, I can pretty much go either way. I'm like 50-50 on it. So, do I believe? Um, do I believe in some of the, I guess, more outlier um, theories about, um, like David Icke's theory? You know, about having shapeshifters on this planet. You know, understanding how we perceive reality and how much we can only see in our limited spectrum of sight and we can only see this certain amount of visible light that's available. You know, all of the science points to the very small frequency of visible light that we can actually see. I can't discount that theory that there's something else here. Because if you discount that theory, then you would discount the theory of ghosts and spirits because that falls under the same category. And I believe in ghosts and spirits because mainly I've experienced them. So when we're talking about these conspiracies, we're going to get a little bit out there. I think I'm going to have um, a guy that used to run the podcast with me a while ago, TJ Smith, hop on here for a little bit. And he and I got into the Illuminati for a while, and we explored that. And it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun exploring it. And that's why I always say get a friend because – get a friend, get informed, and get involved. Because when you're doing research, it's much more fun to do research with somebody else because then you could bounce ideas off of them. You could read something and share it with somebody, and they can do likewise with you. 
so it really does create like a, a, a mini camaraderie and you don't feel like you're out in the ether all by yourself because I'm sure that there are a lot of people listening to this podcast that do feel like they're out in the ether all by themselves. So if you want to talk about anything, give us a call here, 602-753-1916. Thanks for tuning in live if you are tuning in. Um, like I said, I'm going to have TJ pop on here in a little bit. But all of this revolves, or all of these conspiracies, or all of these things that go on behind the scenes can really be linked to one overarching theme. And that is distraction, or if you want to get really, really in-depth, I guess it would be considered mind control. And mind control sounds like something out in some far-off planet that where they beam a light into your brain, or if you, if you watch the old, um, if you, if you watch the old um, Batman movie where Jim Carrey plays the, the Riddler and he puts those things on the television, I feel like that that's what we're in. I feel like that that's the world we live in. So I think I have uh, Tyler here on the line, so let me find out. Tyler, you are on the air. Welcome. Yep, this is Tyler. Hey, what's happening, Vortex. man? Not too much, man. I'm here to um, pound out the truth with you guys. Who else do hey. we have uh, on the round table? Yeah, we got some other guys coming on board here in a few minutes. I think some guys are going to be late. but um, Now, Tyler, I was talking about... Um, I was talking about the whole notion of conspiracy theories and how the public how how is it has it in their head that a conspiracy theory is right off the jump untrue. So what would you say is a is a conspiracy theory that you know to be true? Like a true conspiracy that you would know to be true? Well, Freedom of Information Act uh exposed the uh Molly Maroney transcripts that uh some uh, departments like the EPA and um, some others are uh, willingly and knowingly hiding the fact that Fukushima is um, already putting out very dangerous amounts of radiation, especially mm -hmm. on the West Coast. Yeah, and they also have had the, um, you know, they also basically shut off the Geiger counters on the West Coast for a while. They... They did a lot of shady stuff, and then they, they magically raised the level to what they deem as safe um, by a couple hundred percentage points, and and then they just tell us that there's nothing to worry about, right? Yeah, they're doing that with all different types of stuff, you know? I mean, uh, the recent uh, EPA was going to raise the um, safe levels for glyphosate, which is some sort of um, contamination on crops. Mm hmm well, I, I think glyphosate is what – correct me if I'm wrong, but it's what Roundup, I think, is the is the is one of the byproducts of Roundup, or it's like one of the more destructive properties of Roundup, and that's why Roundup kills weeds deader than a hammer. And then wasn't that out in California that they were having that conversation about the glyphosate? Yes. Okay, because – this stuff, guys, this stuff gets so overwhelming when you try to look at it from – I mean, we can look at it. Let's just – Tyler, let's stay on food for a little while. Let's stay on food. Why do you think that they won't let a uh, a GMO study go past um, 90 days? Why do you think that is? Well, they want to play with us like lab rats. I mean, is it 
pretty much obvious with, um, I mean, it's not just like GMO crops. I mean, they're screwing with the food supply through the chemtrails. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for those of the, for the audience that doesn't know and they're new to the conspiracy world, um, give them an idea of what chemtrails are. Well, um, I would recommend that they go check out. There's an uh, ex Air Force girl. Her name is Kristen Megan, and mm-hmm. uh, when she uh, left the service, she left with um, a bunch of classified, top secret documents. Um, that exposed that geoengineering is the code word for the aerosol spraying, otherwise otherwise known as chemtrails. Mm-hmm. Um, I encourage your your viewers to um, just any any old sunny day uh, look out, um, look at the sky, and mm-hmm. uh, if you see aircraft, check check to see if they're contrail or their um, I don't know their smoke output from their or their exhaust. If it's mm-hmm. staying. If it's if it becomes thick, um, then that's that's most likely that uh, you're you're, wit- you're witnessing a uh, chemtrail being sprayed, which is contains metals like aluminum, uh, barium, and strontium. Yeah, and and one of the you know I um, I happen to know a lot of people in I guess what is it aeronautics? I don't even know how to describe that field, but. But um, my my father was a pilot for 30 years. Um, I've got a I got a friend that works in air traffic control that I've known for a really long time. I've got a couple other friends that are pilots, and they talk to me about oh that's just a contrail. And then you know I would show them I would show them the the studies from you know I think it was Washington State where they were having really big spikes in um, it was strontium and um, barium like barium uh, and aluminum. But what was crazy is that it wasn't happening anywhere else, and it was just from the fly pattern is where they started seeing this stuff change. And those things don't just change in in tables. They don't just change in the soil tables. They change because they're being manipulated. Something's happening to those things. And so, you know, chemtrails and contrails are really – they're to me they're the ones that are that's the that's the tough one to to at least give more anecdotal evidence on and show people you know this is the deal but fluoride is is another one that's one of the ones that I harp on because I know what it does I mean I just published if you guys want to check it out I just published on my Facebook and I'll publish it on the We Are Not Cattle Facebook there's a link to a 500 page study that basically goes through, and you, you don't have to read the. I mean, I read all 500 pages because I was just intrigued by it. But about page 30, if my memory serves me correct, I think it's page 32 where they give the synopsis of it, and it says that here's what the EPA says is acceptable, and then this board of neurosurgeons, um, toxicologists, you know, very high up people said that even though this is acceptable. You know there are still challenges with having this. You know there there's still there's still adverse side effects with having this in the water. Talking about lower brain function, and it especially impacts children because you know the blood brain barrier hasn't developed as much with them. You know, and um, when I did my interview with Dr. Rebecca Carley, you guys can check that out on the We Are Not Cattle TV YouTube channel, where the That's uh, what I was We Are about Not. To mention. Yeah, um, when I interviewed Dr. Carly, we even got into that and about why vaccines 
are so dangerous for for children and and now they're starting to you know they're starting to up the up the ante I guess and giving them these multi I guess multi prong shots but I think I do have TJ here also let me pull him up is this uh, TJ is that you yeah hey what's happening man uh, nothing much man. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, TJ from the Old We Are Not Cattle podcast. Thanks for coming on, man. So, um, TJ, I was with Tyler and I were just talking. We basically brushed over chemtrails and you know touched a little bit on fluoride. What do you think is one of the uh, one of the fun conspiracies that you could really get people to kind of hone in on and just see that hey, this has been kept from your attention for a reason. Why do you think that is? What do you think is 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 a good conspiracy for people to look into? Mm, probably not eleven. That's a good one. That's a rabbit trail, though. That one gets a little bit out of control. But what would you I say mean, specifically? What would you say specifically to you? Because Tyler's a um, he's also a nine eleven truther as well. And when we say nine eleven truth, we just want you know the fake report they put out is is just garbage. So TJ, what would you say are some good data points for people to look into to try to gain knowledge on nine eleven? I mean, well, one of the reasons why I say nine eleven is because you know it's one of the major events that has happened, you know, in the twenty first century. Um, mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why we're still inside the war on terror. But if I had to point out some points, it would probably would be that um look into um why did building seven fall, which mm-hmm. a lot of people don't even know exists. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just look at the way how the two towers fell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just doesn't look right. It just doesn't look right. And then you have you have documented events of buildings burning for weeks at a time and never collapsing, but yet these two structures burned for a little over a couple of hours and and came collapsing down. So, um, Tyler, what do you think are some other good data points for people to look at if they wanted to um, if they wanted to not believe the mainstream media and go off and do their own research on 9/11? What's some good places to start other than Building Seven? I always start off and lead off by saying 1900 architects and engineers demand a real investigation into the events of September 11th. You got architects and engineers for 9/11 Truth. I just like I just pump the groups out there. Like you have pilots for 9/11 Truth. I believe mm-hmm. there's a firefighters and first responders mm-hmm. group, and um, there are. Uh, Oh, man, uh, just a ton of, of data points. Mm-hmm. Um, How about the uh, – what was it? What was it? Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Was it $2.4 trillion missing from the Pentagon the day before? What was that? Yeah, it was Yeah, it was something like that. That was um, – um, it was announced the day before at, at a press conference. Um, By that, Donald Rumsfeld, yeah. That uh-huh. guy's just believe everything he says. In the same place. Where the Pentagon was hit is the same place where they kept all the financial records mm-hmm. at the Pentagon. So I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of things just doesn't really seem right when you look at that. Oh, I'm I'm looking here. I just googled it, and it says 9/11 myths, and it says the missing trillions. Rumsfeld admitted 2.3 trillion dollars missing on September 10th. 
Excuse me. Excuse me. It was uh, I was I was a point uh, one trillion off. So forgive me, guys. I was I was a uh, hundred billion dollars off. As crazy as that sounds, <laughs> but it sounds even crazier. And 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 one of the things that that I like to talk about is is the mind control that the people are under. And it's not and it's not any fault of their own. We would you guys agree? And I'll, I'll I'll ask Tyler this first. Would you agree that we are under the the highest tech propaganda that the world has ever seen here in the United States? Without a doubt, brother. Um, there was one CIA director that said once, uh, "said our disinformation program will be complete when everything the American people believe is false." Do you know well, they're the almost there. That? Yeah, and like you started off at the beginning of the show, I mean they're they're uh, at least attempting to steer the conversation off into distraction lands like the Trayvon Martin trap. Um, it like you said, it is a sad um, occurrence, but there are much more people that the United States is murdering. Yeah, and that's and that's the overarching sad thing about it. Now, TJ, what would you say? Um... Now, TJ, you're really into music and you follow that stuff a lot. Now, would you say that would you say that the way that hip hop has kind of been hijacked, and and all of those things? I've I've talked to a bunch of rappers on my show before too, that say that you know hip hop isn't hip hop anymore. That it's basically been hijacked and now it's, you know, whatever they call this stuff. Would you say that that kind of plays into it? Not only the media per se, but also the popular culture aspect of it. Oh yeah, I mean, but she, I mean, it's not even hip hop, you know. It's movies, it's TV. Um, ever since you know these conglomerates have come and they have, you know, swallowed up all the, all the minor companies and formed and formed them into one. They have control, but then we have to look at who is, who are these shareholders of mm-hmm. these conglomerates. You know, these are the people that are really running the show. And, you know, I mean, music, especially hip-hop, hip-hop now, you know, it's not what it was before. Now it is really controlled by these conglomerates. It's, it's controlled. They are able to inject what they want the artists to do. Once they have them on the payroll, you know, it's all downhill from them. And the people don't really see it. Yeah. Uh, here, here's another follow-up question for you, TJ. What do you think about the perceived, um, in since we're on the conspiracy stuff, the perceived Illuminati in the music industry? I think that it's all just a sham to sell records. I don't think that these guys are connected with the Illuminati at all. I think it's just, it's just something that's become somewhat of a buzzword. I mean, you and I remember looking at those Obey shirts and stuff like that. You know, do you think that do you think that it's for real, or do you think that I mean, do you think they're really throwing it in their face? Do you think they're just doing it to sell records? You know, I have to agree with you. Um, I think it's nothing. I think it's just a ploy that they use to sell records. It's something like I tell people. You know, um, if there really is a group of people who do, you know, control things of the world. You actually think that they will actually be out there showcasing it to the public? They wouldn't do that. I mean, mm-hmm. they really wouldn't do that. I mean, if these are people that want to keep stuff secretive, they wouldn't have little minions running around 
claiming it, broadcasting it, and making it famous. This is right here, you know, someone dropped the name. They took it, they ran with it, and they use it as a publicity thing. And mm -hmm. if anything, these guys who are only worth, what, a couple million, they wouldn't even have, I mean, they wouldn't even have ties to mm -hmm. the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. That is, yep. they really do exist. No, that's that's a hundred percent true. Now, um, Tyler, I know you gotta go. You got any thoughts on on the on the rise of the quote unquote Illuminati that you see all um all the younger kids wearing? Would they wear the Obey shirts and stuff like that? What are your What's your take on that, buddy? Well, um, you when I, we were hanging out one day, and you said, "Have you seen this one music video?" And you put on that Kesha song, "Die mm -hmm. Young." Mm hmm. Um, I mean. That that music video alone uh, is conclusive proof that the um, people in Hollywood that are uh, in charge of all this uh, media or all of the music and movies and stuff they are they are at least trying to convince you that there is something like an Illuminati around, mm -hmm. be it uh, real or not. But you also have um, the uh, George Washington letters in which he said that elements of the Bavarian Illuminati are trying to infiltrate us through the Masonic lodges. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, Adam Weishaupt founded the Illumina Bavarian Illuminati, which was, mm -hmm. uh, I think, is a break-off um, from the uh, Roman Catholic Church or the Vatican. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, but um, they believe the exact opposite of like every church. They wanted to abolish all the churches. TJ's got a really good background in in that. But yeah, you're you're right on target, Tyler. Keep going. Um, what else do I need to let's see? Well, I mean, I think the the overarching thing is you you need to question. You know, don't just. We can't just assume. I mean, I mean, I know that's really nice to assume stuff, but you know, just because the mainstream media tells us one thing, or just because Jay Z says that he's part of the Illuminati, and just because you have people doing, what about that guy up in was it Ohio that shot one of his buddies as a sacrifice to the Illuminati, and uh -huh. thought that he was going to become yep. this big? Do you, did you guys remember that? Yes, I sure do. That that was just this year, I think. Yeah, or, I mean. Um, I was going to mention, um, have you guys ever looked into uh, some of the reversed messages, like when a song is played backwards? No, uh, I haven't. You, you have PJ not? probably has. I've, he he got uh, way down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we know that some of their philosophies, like in the uh, uh, Aleister Crowley's The Book of the Law, he mm -hmm. uh, wrote things like, let him learn to walk backwards, let him learn how to speak backwards. And um, you see, um, you've got to look up Stairway to Heaven, um, some of the Justin Bieber songs, when they're played in reverse, say some really crazy stuff. Um, hmm. A lot of times it, it refers to the New World Order. Um, Eminem uh, is another good example. Lady Gaga, I mean, we can just um, go on and on about these uh, really strange uh, coincidences that they have these um, really disgusting messages when a lot of these songs are played in, um, in backwards. 
Now, how would how would somebody go about doing that? Is there are there like videos on YouTube where they play the song backwards, or is there a way that you can play the song backwards and enlighten the audience about how somebody could go about researching something like that? There are plenty of YouTube videos out there. You can just put in like reversed song or uh, back mask songs. Um, mm-hmm. You'll get a lot of good results there. Uh, if you if anybody's familiar with Audacity, the free audio editing software. It's very mm-hmm. easy to um, grab an audio clip and play it in reverse if you are just wanting to have a good time. But mm. um, there, I mean, there's about, I mean, there's thousands of, of these YouTube videos on, online. That's really interesting. I mean, once again, it's not saying that we believe all this stuff. It's just, you know, let's try to expand our knowledge base. And if we want to throw that stuff out and call it, you know, hocus pocus stuff, then call it hocus pocus. But to discount something without even looking into it just to me seems kind of kind of foolish and once again i preface the show by saying that you know i don't know everything i i know that you know that what david or you know what david ike says is it sounds kind of crazy but what i what i know about science and what i know about perception and vibration and stuff like that it could be plausible and i think that that's something we don't want to really discount. I mean, obviously, you want to you want to focus on the things that that are going to be really meaningful and for me, you know, focusing on stuff like fluoride and focusing on, you know, trying to get um, you know, trying to get the real information out about what happened at 9/11. Let's at least start there because like TJ said, that was the that was the big turning point for the for the American public, where we went from a, an empowered society to basically an imprisoned society, to where we're imprisoned by fear now, all across this nation, to where you know you have one guy, and you know, all due respect to everybody in Boston, but you have you know an entire city shut down with tanks everywhere to find one 18-year-old. And it just it, it's a little bit of theater and and if you want to go down the conspiracy theory, is the federal government getting ready to try for a big takeover? I don't see that coming, but what I do see is I see a, a huge mismanagement of of equipment, a huge mismanagement of personnel and a huge political theater that didn't need to be made because because of of one person it should have been all right everybody you know get out of your house let's go find this guy instead of everybody stay inside let's let the professionals handle it it, it was it was very it was very disgusting from my perspective and i guess that's just because i'm uh, you know i'm one of those people that doesn't i don't like to have tanks rolling up and down my street with with guys with uzis pulling people's out of houses having them stick their hands up that's a little bit over the that's top freedom. for me no, it's yeah, that's what it is, you know, Tyler. And you know what? Since we're in the mood for conspiracies, then let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories. There we go. I mean, George Bush <laughs> told us after nine. You know, George Bush told us after nine eleven that we shouldn't tolerate out any outrageous conspiracy theories about what happened. And it's so funny that every time you'll see something like this happen or an event like this happen, like what happened up in Boston. Where Dan Badandi said, "Hey, we got the photos, you know, of of the people wearing backpacks," and and the government freaks out and they're like, "No, no, no, don't look at that. Nobody, nobody look there." And it's just like they can't help themselves. It's kind of like you catch a kid, you know, with a cookie. 
You know, it's like, where did you get that? Oh, um, this cookie? I don't, I don't have a cookie. They try to pull the Jedi mind trick on you, and it's pretty interesting. So, Tyler, do you got to run, or you got one more, one more segment with us? Um, I wanted to add one more thing on to this uh, discussion sure. of the controlled music industry or media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a uh, band, uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars, rock band. Um, they had an interview, which you can see online at YouTube. I'm sure it's completely made up. I'm sure they never say, uh, said any of this. And everything that we're talking about is complete fluff. And yeah. we should never tolerate outrageous. Don't ever question theory. anything, Tyler. The government told you it's yeah. okay. Well, um, 30 Seconds to Mars was uh, in this interview, and they were saying things like, there are too many people on this planet. Um, just some really nefarious-sounding things. And they're uh, they're just one of the – let me see. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers is a, is a group that they throw in all types of symbolism. Always find a, uh, a pyramid or some uh, reference or allusion to Aleister Crowley. Um, mm-hmm. I, and and got, for the people at home, for the people at home, elaborate on who Aleister Crowley is. Aleister Crowley was a pioneer in uh, the rise of the Church of Satan. Um, mm-hmm. He's not uh, the other guy who actually literally founded, wrote the book. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> he wrote the book of the law, and he uh, he spent his life. He grew up uh, he grew up in a religious fa- a family, and um, I believe when his dad died, he. Um, he chose to um, abandon all religion, and uh, he started practicing witchcraft. And um, definitely, uh, definitely a key figure for you guys to um, look into as far as uh, Satanism, Luciferianism goes. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, um, I guess I guess you got to run. But uh, anything else you want to leave us with before you before you jettison? Um, let's uh, let's take this. Uh, this is an awesome radio show. Let's get your listeners riled up. Let's get in the streets. It's time to start saying no. Um, we've got a great group at uh, Georgia Activists, usually always doing something. Um, come check us out and definitely uh, keep listening to Jake Counts. Yeah, man. Where can they check I can't, you I can't out? I can't wait at? to get my. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to get my hat and my shirt. Oh my yeah. Cattle. So. All right, everybody, so hot off the press, we are trying to get some We Are Not Cattle gear so that you can show the sheep that you are not a member of their clan and that you are a free-thinking individual. But uh, that is on the way. Stickers should be around 5 bucks, and I think we're going to get T-shirts made for like 20 bucks or something. We haven't figured out the semantics of it yet. But, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I you- hope I'll be listening to the rest of the show. All right, man, see you later. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. TJ, you want to hang on and do uh, do a little bit more with me? A couple more seconds? Oh, yeah, I'm down. All right, let's do it, man. It'll be like old times. All right, well, I'm going to play a quick clip here. It's um, it's the mind control clip. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Remember, every Tuesday and Thursday night, I'm here live, 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock, giving you your dose of reality, whether you want it or not. So enjoy. Mind scientists, or the study of human behavior in relation to the mind, is the newest of all the arts. It's less than a hundred years old. And it is by far the, the one that is most cloaked in secrecy. The origins of psychological warfare uh, were in Nazi Germany. And in the Nazi ideology, they had something that was called Weltanschauung Krieg, 
which means worldview warfare. The idea for them was imposing the Nazi worldview on the countries that they had occupied. The Americans picked up this idea, created an American version of it, and called that psychological warfare. In trying to understand psychological warfare and in trying to understand the American approach to post-war efforts to control people's minds, both as individuals and on a mass scale, there's a lot of illusions about how that was done. Were Nazis involved in that process? Yes, they were. Tony Paperclip was a United States government-sanctioned CIA operation for the importation of Nazi and fascist scientists into the United States. Their statement was simply this, if we don't bring these people into this country and contain them, then our enemies, the Soviet Union, will get them. The first wave was to bring these scientists. There were 700 odd propulsion scientists. And then there were some 600 and some odd mind scientists people that they brought in. The CIA was given the responsibility of actually placing the individuals that had a project paperclip into the military industrial complex, including our colleges and universities. Mind control was a psychological warfare weapon that Adolf Hitler regarded as the answer for taking over the entire planet. The name for the mind control research in this country was MKUltra. MKUltra was one program of a series of programs that came out of the CIA to experiment with different types of mind control using drugs, using electroshock, using insulin shock, and, and other techniques. I think that the goal for those people who planned the program was very straightforward. It was an attempt to figure out a way to interrogate people and to learn how to protect their own agents against control by others. If you put someone in a position of being disabled by not feeding them or not allowing them to sleep or overwhelming them with sound, if you use massive shock treatment and you give people massive doses of drugs such as PCP or mescaline or amphetamine, or LSD, and if you put them in periods of darkness where they can't predict from one minute to another what is going to happen next, so they're always dreading, there's no consistency to sort of what's going to happen, anybody can be put in a position of being open to brainwashing. Ewan Cameron was probably the foremost psychiatrist of his time in the 1950s. He was using high-tech sound techniques. He was using multiple kinds of loop recorders to force people to listen to recorded messages 24 hours a day for weeks on end to basically destroy people's thinking patterns. He injected the lysergic acid into the vein and he patted me on the shoulder and he said, now there, Lassie, we'll see you later. And I started to feel very frightened and the fright became a terror. And I sort of began throwing myself from one side of the room to the other. I didn't know what to do to stop this feeling. It felt like my bones were melting. That I was, uh, I just didn't know who I was anymore. This is not just a break-ins of people's homes. It's not just invasions of privacy by illegal wiretapping. This is uh, an invasion of a person's mind. And uh, that is about as uh, profound uh, an injury except for loss of life that the government can impose. This was a, a post-Nazi program, if you will. It was a, uh, an Americanization. Uh, 
have often made the statement, and I still make it flippantly, the Nazis didn't lose the war, they just had to move. Now it's 50 years later. Now they're much more clever, much more sophisticated. They have a lot more money to spend. His motor coordination was disrupted because of the compound's effect. Although his vision was not impaired, he found it difficult to focus his attention on the next objective. His physical actions were noticeably slower. He felt compelled to disobey his instructions. Did Sergeant Pitchers give you any uh, instructions about what you were supposed to do tomorrow? Tomorrow? What, is today Thursday? Today's Thursday. Today's Thursday, uh-huh. Well... Wars are not won on the battlefield. They're won in the minds of the people. There it is. So thank you for joining us, everybody. It is our number... Actually, wait. Hold on. Now it is our number two. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Jake Counts along with TJ Smith. It is the old school We Are Not Cattle Radio. So, TJ, what are your thoughts on the clip that you just heard? Pretty good stuff, right? Yeah, you know, it's a lot of good stuff, especially when you're talking about um, Operation Paperclip, which a lot, of people, a lot of people don't know that took place, you know, towards the end of 1945 at the end of World War II, because, um, believe it or not, Germany, uh, you know, I mean, old school Germany, they was very highly sophisticated. I mean, these are people who developed the ballistic missile. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, these are guys who pretty much invented the jet. Their technology that they had um, inside World War II was very sophisticated. And if the war would have continued on, they would have pretty much would have gotten a nuclear weapon too, because Hitler was working on it. And mm-hmm. you know, um, of course, and of course, we all know that right after uh, World War II came the Cold War, and mm-hmm. you know, um, Europe was occupied, and so the U.S. saw that they had to get these German scientists before the Russians could. Yep. And there that's it's always the excuse, isn't it? It's always the excuse. Well, if we don't get them, then the the bad guys are going to get them. And you know, let's not put them on trial for war crimes or anything. Let's just go ahead and bring those guys over here and show us what you did. And now, you know, we've had we've had what sixty plus years that they've had brought they brought all their techniques over here. That's why I just think that the mainstream media is just it makes me so nauseous because it's not news. It's like infotainment. Hey, what do you make of everything that's been going on with the with the distractions of the of the Snowden and them making it a a political issue about is he a traitor or is he not a traitor? They never talk about the government spying. What are your what's your thought on that, man? You know, I kind of see it as the same thing with WikiLeaks. You know, when Julian Assange did it, everybody was like, "Oh, Julian Assange, you have to get this guy." But nobody questioned the fact that hey. All of these documents he leaked told some pretty grim stuff about mm-hmm. the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. And it's like the media didn't care. Mm-mm. It's like, wait a minute. This guy has exposed that the government is doing something illegal. But, mm-hmm. hey, let's not care. Let's just go after him. It's like, okay, but at the end of the day, are they not breaking the law? Well, it, it's uh-huh. – the way that they do it is they, they they make it about the protection of the country. And once again, if you if you paid really close attention to that mind control clip, understand that 
if you can get somebody to really, really tremble in fear and be afraid, those are the easiest people to control because you always just say that you're going to provide them safety. And then that's why the civil liberties violations go on. That's why you have the big armament buildup. That's why you had the Cold War because it was all fear. It was fear from both sides. It was fear that that Russia was going to get too big, and now we need to build up NATO to be able to combat the Russians, and and everybody's got to be afraid, and it's all just fear back and forth and back and forth. And now in our society, it's fear. It's I mean, what what is the fear? The fear is of the terrorists. Like, what terrorists are you guys talking about? What terrorists are you afraid of? You mean the Al Qaeda enforcement arms that we that we actually fund and run over in Syria? Are you afraid of them? Like what 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 is going on in the psyche of the American public where, you know, once again I said this at the beginning of the show that it was a tragedy what happened to Trayvon Martin, but that shit I mean, that's local news. I mean, that kind of stuff happens all the time. I mean, people get shot and murdered either either defending themselves or attacking people. That ha- that happens all the time. Why would they take that and make it a political football issue? Why, why do they do that, TJ? Well, I mean, you know that the media, um, their main thing is having ratings. Anytime yeah. if they can take something and blow it up to, you know, huge proportions. I mean, there are a lot of Trayvon Martin cases that goes on that you never hear about. Correct. Like you Absolutely. said, I mean, it's really, I mean... I understand. I mean, I mean, I know how I feel about the case, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to get into that. But um, there's a lot of Trayvon Martin cases that goes on every day. Not only not only with black people being killed by uh, another race, but other races being killed by other races. And you never hear about it. Only certain times that they actually take something and they make it, you know, to you know national attention but these things do go on all the time yep and that's what that's that was my point i had a friend of mine ask me today what i thought of the whole thing and i said you know this stuff happens every day this stuff happens every day and then you know it it doesn't it doesn't make it right what happened it doesn't make it you know the verdict right it doesn't make any of this right but what what disgusts me is the fanfare that they put a hot behind it and try to divide up the country and then get us infighting with one another when real stuff is going down, like Bradley Manning's trial is going down. A guy that basically blew the whistle and said, hey, our government's committing war crimes, and they're like, this guy, this guy's a traitor. <laughs> Wait a minute. Time out. Wait a minute. You guys are shooting innocent people over there and laughing about it, and he blows the whistle on it, and... And he's the one that's in trouble? You know, it it just, like, you know, I think Tyler said it best where he said that the war, the psychological war on the American people will be complete where nothing that they believe is true. And we're slowly getting there. I mean, people, you have to realize that that all of these things, though be it tragedies, they're using it, like TJ said, they're using it to get ratings and they're using it to divide the people. They don't want us to unite because if we unite, guess what? We all look at the Capitol and go, what the hell are you guys doing up there? Who said you guys could do all this? Uh, and you know, Kind of like what happened in the hearing with Hank Paulson where they're like, 
who said you could give a three hundred million dollar bailout? And he's like, well, um, yeah, hey, um, I, uh, I, um, you're like, you know, we're waiting, and he can't even formulate a sentence. But that's where we'll we'll get if it's as long as we keep the people moving in the right direction and understanding that the way that we're going to get there is not by dividing and conquering, not by infighting with one another, not by talking about what kind of government we need to have, not by talking about what kind of Democrat or Republican we want in the vestigial post of the presidency. We need to talk about corruption. Let's talk about corruption first. Let's kick out the corruption. We can deal – we can sort all the other stuff out later. But TJ, here is a great uh, – here is a great point that you were trying to get to about how the manip- the manipulation of the media. Now I'm going to try to find this one clip here and it's um let's see if I can find it. Good gosh, I had it pulled up. But um basically I played it um have you been following the uh, the Michael Hastings? I know you're plugged in. Have you been following that at all? Like what uh, happened to Michael Hastings? Okay. Much. Okay, so here is a clip, and this played one time on Fox News, and this is a clip on Michael Hastings, and this is about a four-minute clip. So as soon as she, as soon as she says the magic phrase, TJ, I'll cut it off, and then let you, um, and then let you comment on it. But for those that have, I guess, have lost, you know, all semblance of reality in this fanfare that has become the the Zimmerman trial, Michael Hastings was a he was an independent he was a journalist he was an editor for Rolling Stone magazine and what happened was he was uh working on a big story to bring down the CIA he had already brought down Stanley McChrystal from the I think it was from the CIA as well you know talking about him doing some shady stuff and now he's got this big story he tells all the you know he he's he's getting threatened you know he's having the FBI come look at him you know, stopping by and doing their, you know, typical questioning, and he starts fearing for his life, so he sends a cryptic email out to all his friends saying that he's going into hiding, and he's driving down the road, and his car, there's conflicting stories, but the majority of witnesses say that the car exploded and then rolled up against a tree, but, you know, the LAPD says that the car was just out of control and it hit the tree, but if you look at the pictures of it, the car is not really damaged on the front end, so and they said he was going like 90 miles an hour when he hit the tree. So you wouldn't, you don't see any front end damage. And the kicker, no pun intended, is that the engine was thrown from the car about 150 yards behind where the vehicle is. So you have a person that's his friend that understands what he's doing and what he's going through, doesn't understand the specifics of it. He's on with Megan Kelly, and he says. You know he's trying to to find out what happened to his friend. So I'll play you the clip from this TJ, and then I'll I'll play you the clip of the local media, just so people can get the perspective of the national media versus your local media. So here's the clip. Afghanistan commander General Stanley McChrystal. Last week, Hastings was killed in a high-speed one-car crash. Immediately, his friends started raising questions about whether. This was really an accident, as police quickly ruled. Then yesterday, we learned that hours before his death, Hastings sent a cryptic email to his friends and associates saying that the feds were investigating him and that he was on to a big story. Sergeant Joe Biggs is one of the friends who received that chilling email, and he joins us live. Sergeant, thank you for being here, and thank you for your service. So you knew Michael Hastings. Uh, and I know that this raised alarm bells for you when you heard that he was killed. Why do you question whether this was truly an accident? Um, 
the fact, the way that I've, there's other times that we've spoken before, and this email I got, it was just very panicked, and it didn't seem like something normally we would talk about, and I just felt a gut feeling, something didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. But the police say it's an uh, accident. Uh, they, they, you know, looked into it. They said, look, he was driving fast. It was 4.30 in the morning. It was dark. Lost control of the car, went through a red light, hit a tree. Well, his friends and family, they know him. Everyone said he drives like a grandma. So that right there doesn't seem like something that he would be doing. I mean, he had a lot of friends and family that cared about him. He had a, a good life to live. There's no way he would be acting erratic like that and driving that out of control. What do, what do you think is going on here? I mean, because we, we talked about this a couple of times just because it's getting so much attention on the Internet, and, and people who are close to Mr. Hastings uh, are still raising questions, questions about the LAPD and their conclusions that this was an accident. What is the alternate theory, that he was, that he was murdered, that he was intentionally targeted by someone? Um, I don't know that. Uh, I just know that from the email to hours later, dying, it's just not a coincidence like that. Things don't add up. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, I contacted by email Mercedes today, asked them if it's normal for their cars to blow up to that extent, um, for if the engines fly out on a normal basis. I mean, these are the real questions we need to ask. And what of the, I mean, obviously he was investigating a couple of high-profile cases. He was looking into, he said, um, Jill Kelly, uh, who was connected with the whole uh, well, that, that's and, been and General, General Clark. Go ahead. His wife today said that that's definitely not true, that he was uh, investigating into Jill Kelly. Michael Hastings' wife says he was not investigating that. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, what was he investigating, as far as you know, that would have caused any consternation whatsoever by someone? CIA, but from what he said, or his last, one of the things he said is it was going to be the biggest story yet. The, you know, you know how people are going to react to this. They're going to say that the, the tinfoil hat people think the government killed this journalist uh, by taking exactly. over his control, his car, doing something to his car, and the, and the other people are going to say, uh, so there are people are going to say that's, that's nuts. Your thoughts? All right, TJ. So you're working on a big story that could probably bring down the CIA. You sent an encrypted email to all your friends saying that you're under investigation by the FBI, you're fearing for your safety, you're going into hiding, and then your car magically blows up. And then the conspiracy tinfoil hat people think that it might be foul play. Your response. Um, Actually, this is the first time I ever heard about this case here. No, really? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't heard about this case. Okay, so, so yeah, he, um, it just shows you how fast he got swept under the rug, man. I mean, it, um, so basically this, this guy was, he, like I said, he was an editor for uh, Rolling Stone magazine. He wrote down a piece that, that brought down the crystal. And then here, I'll go ahead and play you. So that was the mainstream media take. Remember, if the police had already ruled, you know, so the people in uniforms have already told you what you need to know, TJ. So nothing to see here, the atypical nothing to see here, move along. And then here is what the local media says in response to that. So here's the next clip, and then I'll get your comment on the backside. It's been nearly three weeks since Michael Hastings was killed in a fiery car accident in West L.A. You may recall this story. 
The award-winning journalist captured fame with his 2010 Rolling Stone wartime article that forced General Stanley McChrystal to resign as commander of the U.S. forces in Afghanistan. This week, Kimberly Dvorak spent the day in Los Angeles to learn more about this accident. She joins us now on set talking a little bit about what she learned. And, you know, it's not, not really into conspiracy theories so much, but it really is about finding out the facts about what happened here. Aren't we interested in that? Yes, absolutely. There are a number of scenarios that could have played out, and it's still too early in the investigation as nobody's been granted the police report you know, that details exactly what happened on scene. But clearly, there are a couple things that stood out in, in my mind when I went up and visited the scene and visited law enforcement. What stood out in your mind? You said you couldn't get the police report. They weren't, they weren't giving that out. Yeah. So what, el what else stood out in your mind? Well, the fact that when you go to the, the L.A. Police Department, then you go to the Fire Department, and you go to the different agencies, they all said they couldn't comment, and some of them said they were told not to comment on the story. So that kind of stands out. If, uh, you know, we look at the NSA, the government says, if you have nothing to hide, don't worry. I think it kind of has a reverse role here. Now, the... Uh, I think we have video of the scene. If we yeah. could show the video, we, we, you can see what we're kind of... Give you an idea of what we're talking about. There is the actual yeah. uh, scene. Okay, so... The, so as far as the accident goes and things that we do know, it was an extremely hot fire and I've talked to um, military personnel who have said that this is an extremely hot fire, that this is not something you normally see with a car like this. This is a 2013 Mercedes-Benz and a statement from Mercedes said that they are aware of the accident and waiting to help the LAPD, but they have not got the call from Los Angeles Police Department as of yet. So that intensity of the fire is very concerning, and also the placement of the engine and the drivetrain, as we see here. They are completely between 150 and 250 feet from the accident. However, the car was going south, and the engine and drivetrain were behind it. And after I spoke with a couple of university physics professors, mm -hmm. they said in an accident like this, the engines and whatnot would go with the forward so, velocity of the... So what does your gut tell you in something like this? You've been on a lot of these stories. What, what, are, you, what, are, you, what are you looking at and where are you, where are you going with this? Well, I'm looking at the possi all possibilities. I mean, he could have been drinking and driving. That's certainly something he could have done. He was near the clubs on Sunset Boulevard, so that's a possibility. But I'm more inclined to believe that there were absolutely zero skid marks. So something else happened. Either the car malfunctioned or something was on the car that allowed that to trigger and blow up. Mercedes says their cars just don't blow up. They take great care to, for them not to do so. You said something also very interesting, that, that, that cars can be remotely controlled. Is that you you'd mentioned yeah. something to that effect. A absolutely, and that came out of the University of Southern Cal or of uh, San Diego here. They did a report in 2010, which they took like a basic car, like a Nissan Sentra, and using an iPad like we all have here on the desk, mm -hmm. uh, they they were able to hack into the car system and you know operate the accelerator, the brakes, windshield wipers, lights, mm -hmm. steering. So there are so many factors in play here. There's there's a lot more investigation that needs to be taken here mm -hmm. and I will continue to follow it obviously if there's any kind of foul play involved you know we want to make sure we get that out to the public although mm -hmm. the LAPD has already ruled foul play out of this which means that we should have access to these police reports in come. a timely matter oh yeah so they um by the way TJ the the, the LAPD ruled within an hour no foul play suspected <laughs> <laughs> but remember, the engine—the engine is jettisoned literally 150 feet from the car. But 
No foul play suspected. Your cars just do that. They just throw the engine I mean, out, you know, when they're getting a wreck. It's fine. You know, I mean, Mercedes, in the majority of cars, they're not just spontaneously combust. I mean, they don't. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, um, when it comes down to the whole entire news thing, Mm-hmm. Uh, I have pretty, I mean, every now and then I hear bits and pieces, but I've pretty much been unplugged for a very long time about a lot of things that's been going on. But when it comes down to this, I mean, but like, this is my first time hearing it, but just hearing it, it just, I mean, cars do not spontaneously combust. Here, I'm yeah. actually about to, I'm actually, with the with the miracle of technology, I'm actually about to, um, I'm actually about to send you a, um, of, of just a picture of the car, and then you can let me know if if you believe that this car just, I mean, because cause the original theory or the original story, TJ, is that he was speeding down the road at four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and um, and the car just basically started sw- swerving in and out of traffic, going about eighty-five miles an hour, and then it, um, and then they say the report or the initial report was that that um, you know the car just it, it it hit a tree and he died on impact. So I think I just sent the file to you. So if you got it pulled up, then you can kind of you can give oh, me wow. your take on. Yeah, that doesn't that look like a car that hit a tree at eighty miles an hour? Doesn't it? It looks like an IED hit. Now yeah, doesn't it? Looks like. Yeah, like, and wow. then they, and then did you see, ladies and gentlemen? Once again, this is reality coming at you. Did you see the complete discrepancy from what Fox News, the national news channel, told you, and what the local news channel told you? Now the local channel, those journalists better watch out, man, because if they start digging, oh, if if they really off this guy, which it looks like that somebody, somebody didn't want that information getting out, whatever the heck it was. So somebody got to him, and I would just, I would, oof, that's not something I would be, you know, front and center on investigating. I don't know about you, but I kind of like living, so. You know, I got no problem standing up to uh, to tyrants and stuff like that. But if you start blowing people up in cars and you want me to get out there and and investigate that thing and and run myself into a place, no pun intended, to where I might get blown up, then gosh, that is that is going way down the rabbit hole, man. So, um, what I mean, other things? What other things are on your mind? Go ahead. You sound like you got a comment. Go ahead. I mean, whatever. This. Uh, I mean. I never no, heard of it. He said it was going to bring down the CIA. That's how big it was. It was. He well, said, pretty, well, I mean, come, I mean, I tell people, I mean, come on. I mean, you're not going to go. Up, you're really not going to go up against the government and win. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's, it's not going to happen. It's really well, not, not individually. Happen. You're correct. Not individually, but if if you have a whole bunch of these guys together. And what was really interesting, gosh, I mean, I didn't know you didn't know about this. I would have played the uh, the clip that he had on Young Turks. He did an interview with him like a, a couple of weeks before all this stuff went down. And he was saying that, uh, you know, it looks like that the government has declared war on journalism, and we're just going to declare war on them. He goes, I think we should all stop complying. We need to come out with our national security secrets. We just need to let it all kind of hang out. And then two weeks later, this guy is, um, you know, this guy's down and out. No pun intended, but I mean, that's just what it is. So, 
Anything else you wanted to get into real quick before we jump into some news? Um, no. We just can get, we can jump into some news. All right, let's do this. So I'll read the headlines and the article, and then I'll get your take on it. But this is something that you and I talked about. This might take the balance of the hour, so here it goes. And it says, do you know where you'll be in 285? These data masters do. And it says, Microsoft researchers have developed a mobility prediction system that knows where you'll be even years down the road. What does this mean for the future of business? So it says, do you like to know how crowded the drive will be to the beach will be in three weeks? Or where your ex will be on Friday night next month so you can avoid him? Adam Seidelik, former, um, formerly of Microsoft, now the researcher at Google, shocker, and John Crum, a principal researcher at Microsoft, were inspired by the question of predicting where people would be in the future, even lead off with the query. Where are you going to be in 285 days from now at 2 p.m.? In their paper, Far Out Long-Term Predictions of Human Mobility. And it says, at first glance, the researchers told us, it sounds like a very difficult problem. And then Sidek and Crum and others have developed a lot of re- have done a lot of research on predicting where a person might be in the immediate future, say in an hour or two. Locally, uh, logically enough, it's been found that a person's previous location is a good clue to their next location. This is exactly what I said, and I didn't even read this article before I got on air. But these models are extended into the future. Give They give poorer and poorer results. To guess the, with any accuracy what somebody will be doing within 20 to 200 days would be more of a challenge. In order to do so, Sidek and Crum realized that they had to develop new techniques. Using information from a pool of 300 volunteers, you morons, in the Seattle metro area, Sidek and Crum gathered a mountain of local data. The volunteers went about their daily lives, going to work, to the grocery store, out for a jog, even for a transcontinental travel. Each carried a GPS device, much the same way they carried a cell phone. Or they could have just carried a damn cell phone. <clears throat> the further the further is sure accuracy, the researchers also installed GPS devices in commercial shuttles and transit vans that the volunteers use regularly and the volunteers own vehicles. Also they just put TJ, does that sound like the little black box that they're gonna put on all the all the cars? No, that doesn't sound like it at all. <laughs> After collecting the hundred and fifty million location points, the researchers from then had Far out, then had, quote, far out the system of the kind of long-term predict human mobility in a unified way, parse the data. Far out did not even need to be told exactly what to look for. It automatically discovered the regularities in the data. For example, by the way, if they're rolling this stuff out, they've had this stuff for years. For example, it might notice that Tuesdays and Thursdays are usually the same and fairly consistent from week to week, researchers told us. Then when you ask people about future Tuesday or Thursday, the algorithm automatically produces a typical Tuesday or Thursday as a prediction. Salidic and Crum are are pleasantly surprised with the results. It turns out that no matter how spontaneous we think we are, humans are actually quite predictable in our movements, even over extended periods of time. Once again, everything I said before I even read this article. 
Not only did Far Out predict did Far Out predict with high accuracy the correct location and wide variety of individuals, but it also did so even years into the future. When you ask how Far Out um, compensates for people who change jobs, cities, spouses, or even just neighborhoods, the researchers said that the Far Out model adapts to new data. If the sharp transition, such as a move to another city, the system notices the discrepancy between the predictions and, the accu- and, and actual data and adapts to the new patterns, said the researchers. Most people have only a few revolutionary changes in the course of their lives, and f- so far out isn't caught off guard too often. For Far Out is strictly a research project, not yet available for commercial products or services. This is where everything's going, ladies and gentlemen. Get ready for the assimilation into the matrix. And although it focuses currently in the future whereabouts of single individuals, eventually researchers hope that they will be applied to larger populations. Once again, Google already did this with Egypt. That's how they saw the whatever. This could be a a boon to urban planners who, by leading to more accurate predictions about the spread of disease, traffic congestions, and demand for electricity. See, TJ, this is all for good stuff. This is just this is not meant to manipulate you. Marketers and advertisers too would relish the opportunity to target future to target future sales with ads like "Need a haircut in four days? You'll be a hundred yards for a salon that has a special for fifteen dollars." On the social side, you could even find something like Foursquare of the future. You won't want to know where your friends and enemies will be the rest of their lives, or at least in the next 100 or 285 days. And I will post that to the website, and I'll also post that to the Facebook page of We Are Not Cattle. So, TJ, let's just stop living, dude, because they know what we're going to do, right? Sound like uh, Philip K. Dick, uh, Minority Report. You know, I mean, I mean, think about it. You know, hey, Dude, that is it. Hey, thought crime, crime, man. It, you know, it's, I mean, I mean, but when you really think about it, it's like, well, come on. I mean, usually the majority of people' routines are pretty much the same anyway. Correct. I mean, pretty much do the same thing over the course of your life. I mean, the same. I mean, yeah, most people do. And yeah, go ahead. Is, why would you want to track? Where people, I mean, come on, really? And like, don't you have a life of your own, you know? I mean, it's, you know, it, it almost reminds me of uh, Microsoft. You know, they have the new Xbox is coming out. Oh, dude, don't even talk. Xbox I'm a gamer. I'm a gaming nerd, so that's like the most <laughs> depressing thing you could ever bring up. Thanks for just crushing my podcast right now. Go ahead. Oh, man. Like the Xbox One, like it hooks into your cable. And so all of your friends on Xbox Live, you can actually see what your friends are watching on TV. Mm-hmm. And, and you, I mean, like, really? Why would you want to watch? I mean, why, why would you want to know what your friends are watching on TV? People are nosy. That's what it because boils I mean, down to. People are nosy. See, but the thing is, though, first, they'd be like, okay, you know, it's fun. You know, social, yada, yada. First. Mm-hmm. Watch what your friends are watching on TV. Then it's going to be like, hey, you can see what your friends are watching on the internet. And then it's going to be, then you can see what they're doing inside the house, where they're at. And it's like, hey, you know, they do it little by little. 
and they throw it in as having fun so you really don't recognize it. Yeah, and that's what's so funny is when all this NSA spying and stuff came out that people didn't realize what was going on with, you know, Xbox. Have you seen the new Xbox One, how it can go in and it can actually do like an infrared scan of you and, you know, show your heartbeat and like where your blood's pumping and stuff like that? Have you seen oh, that? Yeah. Uh-huh. That new I mean, Xbox people. That is an imperial probe droid sitting in your living room getting all the data about <laughs> you and everything and just giving it to the Empire. If you understand how corrupt and how out of control this government is, why in the hell would you ever want them to have access to that data? Eventually, TJ, they might just have like this one flicker rate that just knocks everybody out, and then they just come and scoop you up. I mean, not out of the realm of possibility. I shouldn't give them ideas. Why do I always do that? I always have like such sinister ideas, and I probably give the establishment ideas. I mean, but you know, I mean, a lot of times when you look at a lot of science fiction movies, a lot of the stuff you see, like, hey, that's pretty cool. A lot of the stuff they really already have. Oh, dude! I if mean, they're I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna. I tell people that when you get movies and video games are really, I mean, you may think they're fictional, but a lot of this stuff that they actually have is really based on things that really do exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you think, for, take for example, like the modern warfare games. Everybody's like, "Oh, these, oh, these guns are so cool." I'm like, "Dude, they've got these." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And they have freaking sonic guns that they would show you on like Discovery Channel, where they would aim it at a tank and then like press a button, you wouldn't see anything, and then the the tank would start shaking and then fall apart. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. If, if you ever like, if you ever heard of a video game called um, Ghost Recon: Future Soldier? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, well, see, the original design of Future Soldier was they had this kind of like this semi-futuristic armor, and when they go and like and when they and when they crouch down, um, their armor would pretty much um, go uh, see through. Mm-hmm. The thing is, they actually have that technology. They They've got so much crazy out. stuff, dude. Have you seen the DARPA robot? Have you seen the new DARPA robot? Oh, yeah. They, yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, it's going to save you from a destroyed building. It's like, really? That's going to save me from a – you know what it's going to turn into? <laughs> and for people that want to know what it's going to turn into, if if the global controllers have their way, because believe me, if you don't – if if you think that your Congress and your president run your country – Good luck to you, because they don't. The special interests run your country, the big banks run the world, and the people that run those are the people that are in charge. And so here is – I mean if you want a really good depiction of what the world's going to be like, have you seen the trailer for Elysium? Have you seen that yet, TJ? Oh, yeah, where like all the rich people live up in space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then all the poor people live down here with all the you know diseases and stuff like that, and they get scanned for cancer all the time and – you know they're going to live to be a billion, and then you have the the you know the little trolling masses that live down here and suffer, and then and what was amazing to me is I saw it where Matt Damon gets beat up, and it's not that I think that Matt Damon's a great actor or anything, but I mean I'm going to go see the movie just because I want to see how real it could be because that could be one of our futures. 
not saying that it is everybody. I don't want to get into a, a doom and gloom scenario because I have faith in humanity. Just like when when people say about, well, what are we going to do? The economy is going to collapse anyway. I'm like, are you really that stupid to think that humans won't find a way? I mean, look at what we've been through over the last you know, five, six thousand years. You know, if you if you believe you know the the timeline of of humans. I mean, the Sumerian text. When is the Sumerian text? When when are they dated towards TJ? Can you give me a ballpark? Is that like you know four? Is it like four to six thousand BC? What was it? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, but anyway, you know, written written languages for a couple of thousand years. All right. Do you really think that some ones and zeros are going to stop us? I mean, do you really think that some ones and zeros are going to stop us from moving? It's going to crush civilization. I mean, it's going to be bad, but I mean, humans will always find a way. We're adaptable. We survive. That's what we do. That's what we're put on this planet to do: is adapt and survive. You're not put on this planet to to sit there and watch a television screen. That's why I get so frustrated with the general public. Tele, uh, TJ is that they believe that that their life is just to can to be consistent of. Going to work, working really, really hard, which I admire completely, and then coming home and plopping yourself on, in, in front of a television and being entertained. And for some reason, that entertainment just it throws caution to the wind about everything else. I don't care about politics. I don't care what's happening in other countries. As long as I have my television, it's a very – would you say that Americans are very egocentric? Because if you read – if you read – um uh, I'll just let you answer that question. I'll think about the book that I'm listening to right now. Do you think that Americans are very it's so egocentric that they can't break with the conditioning of working and then coming home and watching television? You know, I think is um, I think that I think that I think that they have Americans in such a pattern that if something like an economic collapse did happen. A lot of people really wouldn't know what to do. Like they would pretty much just go crazy. No, I mean, but I do believe. I mean, I really do believe that they have it really conditioned, you know, down to the point where, hey, if this happened, you know, we pretty much know, or we pretty much can steer them inside the direction we want them to go. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, when it comes down to a lot of Americans, a lot of people, they really don't care about anything else. It's like, well, as long as I have my money, as long as, you know, I'm doing this, I'm good. Anything else really doesn't matter. And they don't realize that, hey, that there's more to the world than just, oh, just me, you know? There's more and, to the world. Isn't it amazing that once you, you know, once you break your conditioning and once you let your... I guess just separate – I say this a lot, but this is what it is, everybody. Separate from your ego. Quit thinking that you know everything. Quit thinking that everything that you've been taught is the way that it is. I mean if you look at if you look at anything, look at what happens to, to people in churches and congregations that get – that get duped by a, a great speaker or somebody that can present a, 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 um, a case a certain way, and then they end up committing mass suicide together. And then you look at it from the outside looking in and go, man, how could that ever happen? Well, it happened because, once again, like TJ says, we're very repetitive and people want to latch on to things. And once they find something that they really like, they hold on to it. And like I said before, it's my theory of 
it's the berry theory to me. You know, our ancient, ancient ancestors, that their DNA still lives in your body. There's fragments of your ancestors' DNA all over your body, and that that image and that, you know, growth period has is is transferred from generation to generation. So if you still have that in your DNA makeup of going and picking that one berry that tasted good and didn't kill you, and you watch your buddy go pick another berry that looked good and he eats it and dies, and you just stick with this one berry, that's that's one of the reasons that I believe that the psyche the of of not just Americans but humans in general has a tough time breaking with their conditioning because that's how you survived. It's like, I know that this berry is good, and I know that that berry is bad, so I'm just going to eat all of these berries, and I'm not going to deviate because if I know if I just eat these, then at least I know I'll live. You know, I don't want to branch out. So do you care to expand on that a little bit? And, like, you know, this is why, TJ, and this is why I knew that this document right here, reading that, was going to take us down this road because, like you said, conditioned. We're conditioned to think these ways. We're conditioned to think that if I go work hard and I come home and I watch television, that everything's going to be okay because the people, obviously, if something really bad was going on in my, and this is the way that some people think, I guess, if something really bad was going on in my country, TJ, the television would let me know. The news media would let me know, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when you really look into it, you know, um, and not only just on a political level, but even on an education level, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of kids are are actually tricking to talking that, hey, if I go to college, if I graduate with a degree, I can live the American dream. That mm-hmm. is not really true. I mean, a lot of people that graduate from college don't even step into their careers. A lot of them are homeless. A lot of people are working even at Walmart. Not saying that's a, a bad job, but I mean, you gotta think about it. They're telling you you can live this American dream, but meanwhile, you have college education that costs sometimes a hundred thousand dollars. Correct. You know, but they are conditioning you saying that hey, everybody needs to go to college. Well, they're making money off of you. Of course. I mean, think about it. A lot of these major colleges, they are nothing but sports hubs. You have college um, football coaches making million dollar salaries, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but not even, and, I mean, even you know, it, it really gets down to the point where, um, and I don't know if people talk about you know conspiracy theories. I don't really call it call it conspiracy theory. I mean, because when you talk about theories, a theory is something that can either be true or false. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn that even inside science. When you talk about the Big Bang, a lot of people believe in the Big Bang, but they forget that the Big Bang is also a theory. Mm-hmm. You know, but you don't hear people running around, oh, that's just, a lot of people accept it, but they don't really know it's true. I mean, how do they actually know that, hey, a Big Bang occurred? They wasn't even there to see it. Mm-hmm. But yet, if someone comes out and says, oh, 9 11, you know, that right there is not right. This is my theory. Automatically, you're wrong. They have conditioned you to thinking that if anybody says something against the government or if anybody says something um, against, you know, the education, the government, anything that they have trained you to believe that should not be true is automatically thrown out the window. And they don't sit down and question the fact like, hey, you know, everything that the government say may not be correct. Everything that the media say may not be correct. How do we know that they're that that what they're telling us is true? 
they don't really question that. It's almost like that, hey, we cannot think for ourselves. We need the TV to tell us. But what if the people telling you are lying to you? And and people can you – know? because I think that people want it to be easy, TJ. People want life to be easy. They want it to be – you know, I, I think that that's the, the overarching theme is that – Life isn't easy. Life is difficult. Life, you have to learn things. You have to learn things on your own. It's like I was talking to one of my friends that you know that he's that he's out of college and he's trying to get a job and and we're going through all these things. And I said, listen, and it's the same thing that happened on my interview with Lee Camp. He said the same thing. He said that I learned so much more after I got out of college than I ever learned in because you're really not learning real-world applications. You're learning a bunch of theories in college. Yes. Now, and, and so here is, um, here is a good clip for you, and then we'll, we'll pick this up on the backside because this kind of goes right into what we're talking about in the fact that if you brought this up to somebody, it's pretty far out there. But once again, all these things have been documented, everybody. This is not you know hocus-pocus stuff here. Believe me, I I wish that the the predictive programming software wasn't real. I wish it wasn't real, but it's real. And if they're announcing it to you like this with Microsoft and oh, we just developed this new thing at Google, I'm like no, you didn't. Come on, you guys have been working on this stuff, and now you've gotten to a point where you're just going to let the public know about it. So, not all of us are suckers, everybody. But here's the here's the clip, and this is about a space based weapon system, TJ, which. If you've if you watch Jesse Ventura's stuff where he went and confronted the only man that has the sole contract to put any kind of system out in space, it is absolutely bonkers. I highly recommend it. Once again, just ask the question why, everybody. Just ask the question why and who benefits. Two questions. So here's the clip. Canadian government official is warning we may be on the verge of intergalactic war saying, quote, the Bush administration has finally agreed to let the military build a forward base on the moon, which will put them in a better position to keep track of the comings and goings of visitors from space and to shoot at them if they so decide. I was introduced to the late Dr. Werner von Braun in the U.S., the father of rocketry. In my first meeting with him during that first three and a half hours, he said to me, Carol, you will stop the weaponization of space because... There is a lie being told to everyone that the weaponization of space is now first being based upon the evil empire, the Russians. There are many enemies, he said, against whom we're going to build this space-based weapon system, the first of whom was the Russians, which was existing at that time. Then there would be terrorists. Then there would be third world countries. Now we call them rogue nations or nations of concern. Then there would be asteroids. And then he would repeat to me over and over and the last card, the last card, the last card would be the extraterrestrial threat. Pardon me, I don't mean to interrupt you, but doesn't this make sense? I mean, if in fact there are extraterrestrials and they're buzzing uh, our planet, why wouldn't we want to take steps to defend ourselves from them? Because they will blow your ass into oblivion, dummy. <laughs> If they've already figured out interstellar space travel, they can probably vaporize our planet. What a moron. But once again, that's a woman talking to Werner von Braun, once again, one of the scientists brought over here in the Nazi regime. But he was one of those guys that didn't really care about the Nazi ideology. He just wanted to make rockets, and that's what he even said in all of his, in all of his writings. He didn't care about 
the great empire or anything like that. And he's like, he's just a scientist. He's like, dude, just let me make some rockets. I want to shoot some rockets off. What the hell? So, TJ, but what do you know, think about that conspiracy theory? But, you know, that right there already exists. I mean, okay, now I'm going to just cite another movie. You've ever seen the movie Space Cowboys with Clint Eastwood? No, I haven't. Is it decent? Uh, no, it came back in like two, maybe two thousand four, five. No, I mean, is it a decent flick? Is it is it worth watching? Oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. But All right, um, I'll check it out. what it is, uh, Clint Eastwood and some other guys, they are old astronauts, and they go on this mission to fix this satellite. Turns to find out that the satellite is actually not a satellite; it's actually is nuclear weapons made by the Russians that has been sitting in space the entire time, capable oh of launching from space. This is nothing new. Now, even though that's a movie, think, okay, they have technology. The space shuttle was pretty much thought of in 19, what was it, 36? What was it? The what was space that? shuttle. Uh, you remember, uh, I mean, uh, the space shuttle that we actually have was actually created by a German scientist inside the 1930s. Mm -hmm. They didn't actually build it until the 1970s. There's a lot of technology that you do not see. Oh, dude, they got like anti-gravity technology. I mean, they, they shut that stuff down. As soon as they figured out how to control gravity, the government came in and said, I mean, if you watch, um, if you watch, What's his name? Good gosh. Um, if you watch, the, he, he's part of the Disclosure Project, and I can't remember what the actual name of his movie is right now. I think it's, I don't want it, to, it's not Thry, it's Cyrus or Sirius. You need to go watch that, everybody. It's really cool. Even if you don't want to get involved into the, into, you know, uh, what they call it, zero point energy, if you don't want to get involved in that. Just look at the documentation they do about showing the actual hovercrafts and the and the space shuttles that they made that are anti-gravity space shuttles, and then all of a sudden the government comes in and takes all that stuff, and it's like the whole the whole you know research goes dark. And you know it was supposed to be the wave of the future, how everybody was going to have all this energy and we're going to fly around. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, we're taking all that. And if you guys remember from the last podcast on podcast number fifteen. I got into um I got into frequency, vibration and energy and we played the clips from uh, Eric Dollard who's the only guy to you know successfully replicate Tesla's work and he talks about all kinds of stuff that they've got out there. If you watch the entire interview, he gets in everything. He was listening to he's like I'd be listening to radio and I would hear foreign troops on US soil. It's like holy crap. But I mean that kind of stuff's out there. So continue, TJ. Continue with what you were talking about before about you know the I guess showing the discrepancy in in the actual invention or innovation of the technology to the actual real world application or showing the public what they have. Well, one thing that I will have to say is that if you really believe that you know NASA was just going outer space just to conduct tests, then I mean, come on, really. And also, they what's the part about going out of space just to fix satellites and to conduct tests? There's a lot of things that probably went on that had nothing to do with, probably had to do with the Department of Defense. I mean, no, I wouldn't surprise me in the least. And then you have the other, 
you have the other side of the coin where if you watch Eric Dollard's interview again, he talks about how they still don't know what the sun is. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes, they don't know what that is. He goes, that's a theory that it's a big ball of gas. He's like, but it doesn't make sense. He goes, and this is probably one of the smarter inventors on the planet. And he's selling, he's saying that, yeah, you look at NASA's official statement, they still don't know what that is. They still don't know what that is out there. He goes, let me they ask don't know you a how. question. Yeah, go ahead, man. When you talked about uh, vibrations, because I didn't get a chance to really listen to the whole show, did you talk mm-hmm. about coral reefs? No, I didn't get into that. I mean, we kind of got cut off because we got bounced around a little bit because um, because we, we mainly um, stopped on the free energy source and, and, and mainly focused in on Tesla's technology and stuff. But what do you um, – we got eight minutes, man. Let's, let's hear it. Well, uh, coral reef is located in South Florida. Um, I forgot the name of the guy who built it, but oh this no no, guy, no 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 yeah 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 I've seen you turned me on to those documentaries yeah. yeah go ahead go ahead and tell everybody about it it's just oh, fascinating when you stuff. talk about vibrations and energy it what the ancients knew is really mind blowing their type of information that they had is I mean either we don't know it today. Or we know it today, but the people that know it have pretty much suppressed it. I mean, this guy in Coral Reef is said to have unlocked the same methods that the ancient Egyptians used. This guy was what, maybe five foot four or five mm-hmm. foot two, or something like that. Only way. Oh, like he's a tiny guy. It's like that'd be TJ Lowe. That'd be like me trying to lift up those coral reef blocks. I mean, no, he's a tiny dude. I mean, this he moved. 50-ton blocks by himself, but he only worked that night. He only worked that night. He didn't leave no method until how he he did it, but he did say that he had unlocked the same method that the ancient Egyptians used, and it is said that at one point in time, a group of teenage boys pretty much spied on him, and they said that the rocks was floating on top of the ground. Now, keep in mind, he was um, a scientist, and he did um, know things about um, gravity and magnets. And what mm-hmm. he said was that today's scientists were doing that time was what during what the, I believe the seventies. Mm-hmm. He said that what scientists believe about gravity is totally wrong. Oh no 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 no! They're starting to they're starting to actually take into effect. Let me play this Eric Dollard clip. I want to see if this is the right one, where he talks about how they can um, they can actually measure um, they can hear earthquakes. I think this is it. And then we'll I'll get a wrap up and we'll finish up the podcast after this. But here, let me see if this is the right one. So because that's the ground terminal into the Earth is selected for that by Marconi. That's the Indians call it the hole in the sky. Yeah, they work. went there and electrified them, and then they ran away from it. They wouldn't live there. It's sacred to them. Yeah, it's it's a it's a uh, it's kind of like a ley line runs through there. The whole geology around there concentrates on this spot. It's like all the trees are lined up with it, and everything focuses on where that building sits. So according to the Marconi guys, there was five energy spots on the planet that were originally selected to try to build a global system, and Bolinas was one of the most important ones. 
came up with something new that nobody, not Alex Anderson or Tesla, ever come up with. I raised it to the next level. I was able to make it broadband. It was it was a, a general laboratory and, and facility in, in antenna type communications of all different forms, all different frequencies, from microwaves all the way down to, to audio. The whole idea was, was, was to have the broadest, most generalized receiving capability possible. In other words, the ultimate receiver. Two days before they happened, it, it, it worked twice for two earthquakes. Northridge and Landers. I got the same thing from Japan two days before the giant Japan earthquake. Yeah, I picked it all the way up in Landers. One hour before the first earthquake, and uh, two, that was about two days before the main event. Because it, it would go off 18 hours before a major earthquake. Blurred concert hall. Oh, it would just go wild. Well, different signals, different places seem different sounds. Here it was the sound of screaming, screaming sounds. First it starts with ricocheting bullets. And then uh, they get snappier or more like steel wires being hit. And then uh, they get stronger. And so eventually it's like whole dumpster loads of beer bottles being dumped on uh, metal decks of ships or something, smashing. And it, it just builds up a sharper and sharper pitch until eventually the thing... Basically, just freaks. It's like almost like a sine wave. It's about uh, 12 hours before the blast. The blast. Yeah, 6.5 or greater earthquake. Cool stuff, huh? Yeah, man. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things about the Earth that we don't even know. Oh yeah, and he talks about how one of his his big deal. Was that he was going to have a um, he was going to have an antenna system that would be able to broadcast and transmit electricity through the ground, and that was the big revolution. Instead of it shooting it airborne, he would do it through the ground, and he talked about testing it for the for the navy and everything, and it worked. And the naval communicator guy was just sitting there awestruck, like, "How in the heck does this work? You set that signal through the ground?" He's like, "Yeah, the, the ground's frequency too, man." But um, yeah, hey, any 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 last thoughts before we wrap it up? Only thing I would tell people that you know, regardless of what you believe, you know that the main thing is that you know, just sometimes it is okay to think for yourself and to maybe every now and then to question something. It is perfectly okay. I mean, it is perfectly okay. There's nothing wrong with opening a book, double checking, you know, going back. And just making sure and sometimes coming up with your own assumption. Just because everybody agrees does not make it still right. That's it, man. Hey, universal truth used to tell us that the world was flat, right? Yeah. So look at how far we've come. But, you know, that's it. Thank you so much, TJ, for joining me on the podcast. And um, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm going to cut it short here tonight, but uh, hey, get a friend, get informed, and get involved, and let's all start to to change the discussion. Let's make it about uh, a bunch of free-thinking individuals, not a bunch of um, propaganda parakeets that you see from the mainstream media. So take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Share the podcast with people you know you like. Remember to follow me 
on Twitter, We Are Not Cattle, the number one. And check me out on um, Facebook at We Are Not Cattle and also on YouTube at We Are Not Cattle TV. Once again, thanks to TJ. Thanks for Tyler for popping on. And it's been a pleasure, everybody. Peace, love, and prosperity. Let's do it. Oh, you deserve-